Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Uh, now, his wording wasn't clear, and he came out and said it. He owned it, you know, and, and admitted where he messed up. But but get this. All of America has to do that. All of America can follow Drew's, Drew's model and say, hey, we messed up. We got it wrong. We did not hear your cry. We were insensitive to you guys saying, hey, we're dying in the streets and nobody's doing anything about it. That's why millions of people are in the streets right now. Not just black people. People of all different backgrounds, all different cultures saying, hey, we stand with you. That's Demario Davis, uh, linebacker for the New Orleans Saints, teammate of Drew Brees. And by the way, if you don't know, he also hails from Brandon, Mississippi, Brandon High School, uh, where Gardner Minshew grew up, uh, played at Brandon High School uh, a few years before, but is celebrated just as much uh, as Gardner Minshew is as being an alum and a, and a native of Brandon, making it to the NFL. Demario Davis, by the way, a couple of, just a side note here, mm-hmm. had an unbelievable year last year. I think he was a uh, second-team All-Pro, I want to say, uh, definitely a pro bowler had a breakout year for him some seven or eight years into his nfl career i want to say he played for the jets uh at the start of his career you know who i i said this to somebody in the jags building and, and it might have been a little bit i don't know if it's exactly a spot-on comparison and we'll see but i don't even know if their athletic ability is is similar i think demario davis might be considered a bit more athletic uh, but the comp I made is I could see a guy like Jaguars fourth round draft pick Shaq Quarterman hmm. following somewhat of a path that Demario Davis did. I'm not sure if he will be an unbelievable player early in his career, but I think he eventually could be a very good player, a very, very good player. It might just come with some time. Uh, again, I looked up, I kind of, when I thought of that, I did their comps from an athletic standpoint, a little bit different. Uh, Demario Davis faster. Uh, that than Quarterman was or is, um, but it'll be interesting to see if I'm right on that. Just yeah. a hunch of a little bit of a parallel. Put and it on the board. I like it. I think the Jaguars would like to see a little bit more impact even early than Demario Davis had. But again, I mean, sometimes it takes guys a little bit. Demario yeah. Davis took him seven or eight years to become a guy that people even knew. Like he didn't know Demario Davis's name, and yeah. this past year is one of the best linebackers in the game. Yeah, I mean that's listen, the, that's the crazy thing of the NFL, where if you get enough chances, and all of a sudden one day it just clicks. I mean, for me, it, in terms of pass rushing. It kind of clicked for me in Chicago. <laughs> I was on the back nine of my career, uh, going through my swan song, if you will. But like, I just had that fruition. It's like, oh, so this is how you flip your hips. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. this is how you, you know, incorporate your hands and your feet at the same time. But like I said, at that time it was too late. But um, yeah, I mean, that's listen. I'm not opposed to that comparison, okay? Because I don't know a lot about Shaq right now, but I do know that in terms of um, his mindset and the passion that he brings with to a football team. You have to like that. Yeah, finally, uh, uh, some uh, levity here, by the way, too. Uh, Matt Sturman jumps in and says, Austin was right yesterday when he said he wears beat-up sneakers. Those look like hell. <laughs> Must be looking on the uh, the stream there. Oh, yeah, dude, look at that. <laughs> look at that. I mean, it's kind of getting to the point now where 
I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna rock with them as long as possible, Brent, because you know how I am. But, <laughs> sure, but do how many pairs do you have? Uh, I mean, on Vans, I mean, in different colors, I probably have about eight or nine. Now, how many of those do I wear? Uh, I only wear one pair, and that's this pair. But I'm wondering, do I duct tape them to the side here? Because, like, you see what's going on right here? Like, if it rains outside, I step in a puddle, then I'm screwed. Those are useless. Yeah. But, I mean, what? then you have wet socks all day. No one, no one likes wet socks. Yeah. yeah so Stink up your car. So, yeah, thank you, man. So, I don't know if I got to duct tape it and then waterproof them. I don't know. There, there's going to be some big decisions coming to me down the line about <laughs> how I'm going to handle this shoe situation. But I'll keep you guys updated. I don't know. I, I, I thought, Listen, I think you should retire them. But also, no, okay. now that you're like, I don't know if you Hall of Famer you are like Hall of Famer Steph, but now we have a shrine <laughs> in our house of Hall of Famer. So so maybe <laughs> don't have a shrine yet. So, but so we'll maybe see. you should put those in the Hall of Fame shrine in your oh, home. Oh man, I just you know, you know, I'm listen. You ever watch that show on TLC Hoarders? I, I know what you're talking about. It's crazy, I, right? I don't watch it religiously, but I've seen it. Well, the way it's got. 30 cats, 10 of them are dead in the, in the, in the corner. <laughs> no, seriously, you guys ever watched that? Didn't watch that episode. That's like the, third, the second time you've talked about dead cats. Oh, I mean, you know how I feel about it. I'm yeah, allergic to them. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan. Uh, anyways, so like, and hoarders, though, yeah, I mean, there's like, you know, the, it's people that can't let go of things, obviously, and and, and it's literally a mental yeah, issue, yeah. okay? I mean, it, it's a serious thing. But like this one lady, she hoarded herself in her house, but then she also had like 20 cats, and, like, the cats could never go outside, so the cats would, you know, do their business in the house. Mm-hmm. Well, some of them died. So, like, literally, they're cleaning out her house, and she's freaking out. Don't move that. Don't move that. But, like, they're cleaning out the house, and they're moving, like, this bookshelf, and there's a couple dead cats behind the bookshelf. So my point is, I'm not saying I'm a hoarder, but, like, it's hard for me to let go of my shoes is what I'm trying to say. Oh. Okay? I feel like, like that was a roundabout that was, way. That was the most roundabout. I mean, yeah. cats died. Hoarders are brought up. <laughs> yeah. in order and Peter's online, in too. Order, in order for me just to say, you know what? I can't let go of well, my now, shoes. Now you've got me on two questions. One, Let's go. I thought, like, around Christmas time, you said your wife got you new shoes. These, yeah. Th- Those are them? Well, if you remember what happened. No. So, <laughs> so what happened? Well, I think I told the story. So Those my shoes wife, are missing. We've had a lot no, of deep, so, deep conversations this week. So folks. here's the thing. So my old pair of vans that I had that were beat up as well. I complained about those because when I went outside, because those were so beat up, like the, the bottom sole was okay. just my like my my foot. Okay. So when it was you know muggy outside or when it was rainy mm-hmm. outside, my foot would be like cold right away. Okay. Well, when I was going home to Wisconsin, obviously I needed a new pair of shoes because I can't go home in the snow <laughs> and then have wet feet all day. Who wants to do that? So I did get a new pair of Vans uh. for my trip back home to Wisconsin. Here was the messed up part, though. When I got the new pair of Vans and I packed them with, my wife threw out the old pair because yeah. she's like, oh, I mean, like any reasonable woman <laughs> would think, why does my husband need his shoes that he's had for like the past seven, eight years? So she threw them out. And yeah, I was a little disappointed. Okay, I had a couple choice words. wasn't in a, in a, in a great mood at the time. But now these, the, so the new shoes that I got for Christmas, these are them now. Oh, okay. Yes. And then the other one is, uh, Brent. How are the cats doing that are barely behind your house? Oh, door. Oh, yeah. I took care of it. Oh yeah. I took care of it. Haven't seen them in a long time. I bet oh, you okay. haven't, Brent. Hey. And and that's all you got to say about it. Hey, wink, wink, Brent. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, you know. We didn't know where these conversations were going this week and, and how deep they would go, but certainly didn't think uh, we'd get in trouble from PETA. They are petitioning a video game animal, so they'll go anywhere. Really? Yeah, there's what? this uh, video game called Animal Crossing, and they're petitioning oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in... Uh, Don't act like you know what that is, Brent. No, 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 no. Like, that's, that's, people love that game, Number right? one selling game, yep. Yeah. <laughs>
But they're petitioning at the fake museum in the fake game to release the fake animals, the fake fish. Wait, so. all right, time off, hang on. All right. <laughs> PETA is petitioning in the game. or So are they in the game? or like, Yeah, they're like they're creating the characters and going and create, and so they can take photos. Uh, yes. Okay. So it's like a utopia, like a digital utopia, and yeah. PETA's involved digital, yeah. in that utopia. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Okay, I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean but what do you want me to say to that? I don't know. I'm trying to carry on the show here, trying to keep us from going off the rails. I don't know how to respond to that. Peter's uh, in a video game. I'm going to get back to the, Thank uh, you. how about fans and sports? Let's go. Uh, you Something. Know, we have addressed a few times, right? You said, what's it like? Even yesterday with Bobby Ramsey, we said, hey, Friday nights without fans, potentially, in high school football. That'll feel a little bit different. That's what kind of is fun, makes the atmosphere, the bands, the cheerleaders, yeah. the fans, uh, the, the students. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've said NASCAR and golf and, and UFC. And we, now what about team sports? I really don't think basketball will be comfortable to watch when it, it starts back up. Late July because of the sneakers squeaking yeah. on the floor. It will be weird, uh, you know, to not feel the energy inside the, the stadium. I think we've had pluses and minuses about football starting and stop, depending on how they view it, how they will they put microphones? Will will you really feel it? Uh, we even took it to the to the point of could there be health con- uh, safety concerns that um, make it not unwatchable, but a little cringeworthy because mm-hmm. of the violent nature of the NFL and, and football in general. So we've really had these discussions over the last couple of months. I saw something today that sparked um, me to say, and, and I, I will be, a, I'm a little biased here because it's one of my favorite sporting events, and say, man, that sport without fans, that yeah. event without fans would be totally different. And and not good. What do you got for in us? In my opinion, and it's the Ryder Cup is supposed to happen this year in golf. And you like I've said, golf is okay unless Tiger's in in uh, in in contention. You don't. I'm not sure you'll notice it that much. Like if Tiger's in contention, oh, you notice it, right? When, when he won the last Masters, man. Yeah. I mean, come on. Absolutely. Yeah. So and the roars, the, all that. That's real, and you feel that even off the TV. Yeah. Well, the Ryder Cup. Is one of my favorite sporting events because of that nature, the 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 elevated nature of it, the heightened nature of it, the sure. chance, the almost trash talk mm. uh, from fans, depending on where it's being played in the states or, or over in Europe. Yeah, and I know you're not a huge golf guy, but, oh, but no, I get it. But the Ryder Cup will have a totally different feel. Yeah, uh, and it is scheduled to still take place here in the fall. So uh, Steve Stricker said it will be. Not good without fans. Like, and I agree with him. Sure. He's the captain this year of the yeah. Ryder Cup team. Well, no, I mean, because, like, listen, the Ryder Cup, it's it's teams, right? So, like, that's what we – and let's be honest here. It's the U.S. kind of versus – well, the, it's Europe, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, like, you know, the, the, there is some, like, USA kind of stuff going on, and, and there is kind of a home field advantage, if you will, because the venue changes every single year. So Huge I, home field advantage. Yeah, so, so, Huge. I, so I agree with you here, right? Because there is some pressure involved, right? I mean, I listen, I've I had to hear Coos talk about he's on the golf course now and he's doing really well. If you put Coos in front of a large crowd like that that's booing him, obviously that's going to have Ice an effect. in my veins, dude. Uh-huh. <laughs> dude, you can handle me the last year when I was getting your face a little bit. That's, that's to be fair, person. I didn't know what I was doing. Now yeah. I'm good. Can't wait to see it next time now we I'm go out together. Now I'm hitting the green from 150 out. But, but my, my point is, though, is, yeah, that, that home field advantage, that, that crowd... 
I can see where you're coming from. I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. You said it first. You said golf. I'm like, Brent, come on. I know. But then the more you I explain it. I lose you. I know it. But the more you explain it, I get it. But it's the combination. You mentioned home field advantage in some sports and playoffs. Home field advantage is big. Like, I'm not, I don't think Major League Baseball, you get it. The home field advantage is a big thing. Mm-hmm. But Major League Baseball, the pitcher can be such a stopper that I don't really think it carries that much weight. The NFL, we've even seen as, or used to be, if you had home field in the playoffs, yeah. it was a huge advantage. It feels like that's gone away a little bit. Um, I would say college basketball is a great home court advantage. Uh, it changes. The yep. energy changes for your team uh, at all levels. I mean, the UNF, if the UNF's playing at home, look at their home record the last couple of years. <laughs> it's not just comfort, but they have built a nice atmosphere over there, mm-hmm. uh, especially for some of the bigger games. I think that's the one sporting event where you do uh, – one golf event where you do have home field advantage. You have this this – this uh, energy that you can feed off that gets you going, which is kind of cool because it's a sport that always is so silent and still for the yeah. most part when they're performing. So that dynamic changes big time in the Ryder Cup. And also it has an Olympic feel to it, right, because of the USA versus Europe mm-hmm. thing. So um, I, I just I saw that headline from Stricker and what he said, and I was like, wow, now that is a sport. That is an event that's like that is going to feel so different feel mightily different than, yeah. than anything that normally would take place if there are no fans at the the 2020 Ryder Cup. Didn't one year the winners jump in like the lake or something? Uh, yeah, the... Didn't that happen that, at Sawgrass? Well, it did with uh, Jerry Pate, uh, the first one here at Sawgrass. But I thought like, but a, like an entire team jumped in the water or something. Maybe know, not. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it, it was Ryder Cup, and you might be right. It's, it's, it's going to be a shame if I know that and you don't. Let me go and Google be, that real quick. And it might have happened. I, I, I'm, in, I'm remembering more champagne images. Of, okay. of And in the women's golf, by the way, it's a thing. Like when you win to jump in like yeah. the lake on 18 or something like that. Maybe does that's happen. what I was thinking of, just the, the women doing it because I was watching there that was for a sure. Time, I don't know if that still happens in women's golf, but it happened a lot Maybe I'm in wrong. women's golf over okay, a stretch but, of a couple yeah, of years. Regardless, of the, there was the celebrating. Like, okay, like another thing I remember is Ricky Fowler. Like, they all had like their, their wives or girlfriends at yes. the time. Ricky was single, <laughs> yes. and Ricky's just kind of like <laughs> off to the side a little bit. But you can tell that they're, they're going to have a good time partying uh, later that night. And to me, it's almost like the Happy Gilmore effect. All right, Happy Gilmore was a very entertaining movie. Happy Gilmore wasn't a very entertaining golfer. Adam Sandler, obviously, great movie. But like the crowd also played a part of that right like that's why the movie's so great it's because the people in the crowd and everything you take the crowd away you kind of take the magic of the movie away a little bit so i think it's kind of the same thing for the Ryder cup where yeah i get that like, the competition is still going to be there and we've seen without crowds what can happen with guys like tom brady taking on peyton manning but like this is different you know yeah. because this is still a high stakes event but it's also an event where it's like country versus you know a bunch of countries yeah I, I think you get a an energy um, almost a buzz, if you will, yeah. off playing in front of your home crowd or mm-hmm. sometimes in front of the visiting crowd. Some players get ignited by that in any sport. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this event will have a 180 kind of feel. It will feel maybe just like a normal golf week yeah. rather than what it feels like, which is in my 
you know, I, I like golf, but this to me is a sporting event that is one of my favorites, like top three sporting events. Yeah. So football, I think we'll still hear the noises. I still think we'll have the collisions. I don't, I think it's okay without fans. Like, I think we can get by. Is it as good? Probably not, but I think we can get by. NBA, okay, I'm going to have to put up with the, the squealing. <laughs> Just play music the whole time during the game. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but I think you can get by. I think there's still be a great energy level to it. I think mm-hmm. uh, performance will still be similar. Yeah. I think UFC and even boxing, yes, is it better? if there are crowds but i think they're still going they're kind of in that zone and and they'll still you'll get the best of them i'm honestly not sure you'll get the best of these golfers without a crowd there yeah i really don't know if you will get the the true nature of the Ryder cup without fans two things number one nba if you want to get that crowd interaction that crowd noise just let me cover the milwaukee bucks playoff run and i'll be there with the Giannis out of jersey rocking that greek flag and i'll be going crazy <laughs> in the stands the entire time i promise you i won't be quiet so what, the, if, you, what if they did like a charity thing where you could pick the music that's playing not you know what I mean? Idea. Where it's like a text and donated for a song. Man, well, see, but now there's little games and shit because of like, and dedication. Because well, if you know if the Bucks play the the Raptors again, obviously you play Drake and you mess up Milwaukee a little bit because after that yeah. whole series. So I like that because little gamesmanship. I'm sure Drake would find some way to sneak himself in there. But my last second question for you though, Brent. Um, so in terms of because obviously for the Ryder Cup it changes every single year. Which fans are crazier? Like, which fans are more boisterous? Is it the American fans or the European fans? Um, I think the American fans have come across in in recent years or in some years as being, I would say, more boisterous, but also because it's been less sportsmanship (laughs) worthy. Um, Go on. I I like this. I like the way you're talking to me right now about golf. I think they would be labeled that way. I think I at least this is the impression I get, and people might disagree with me here. It's a good question. I think uh European golf fans I feel like have a I don't know about greater respect for the sport, but maybe enough respect for the other golfers, like the household names of Tiger Woods sure. and, and everything. Like at the President's Cup, I think the 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 Australian golfers, the other where it was in Australia, mm-hmm. I think the um they those participants had to basically tell the crowd, "Hey, get loud and don't cheer for Tiger Woods." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Tiger Woods is such a world icon yeah. that it's like, I want to see Tiger do well. Yeah, I want to yeah. see him birdie. They're like, no, we don't. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. don't want to see him do well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think America has that. Sure, America's got Tiger Woods on their side. They've got Phil. Mick- they got those kind of people on their side. Yep. And it's not hard to root against even Rory McIlroy, who's a nice guy and lives in the United States most of the time. Gotcha. You know okay. what I mean? Yep. So I that's why that's a good question though. I don't know mm-hmm. if everybody would agree with me on that, but I would say the more boisterous fans, the and maybe unruly fans too that goes along with would probably be here in the states. Gotcha. Uh, depending which event you're uh, you want to point to. Uh, couple other things uh in in the world of sports uh that we would like to get to am i missing an event by the way before i move on from that i don't want to ask you a question is there anything else that would change wholeheartedly sports wise an event <sighs> like again like the super bowl doesn't ring true even those events don't ring true i i just don't think they change if you didn't have fans of the super bowl yeah it'd be weird i'm not saying they all wouldn't be weird i'm just saying it would take away f- it just wouldn't feel like that event mm-hmm. at all yeah um, but like to really like affect the game. Like, like yeah. you would not say if I had asked you this question, one sport that has to have fans. Yeah. If I had asked you, you would not have said the Ryder Cup. I wouldn't have. No. So what would you have said? 
Good call. Um, what would I have said once? See, I would probably lean towards. That's a good question, man. <laughs> I can't think of it myself. Uh, I would realistically probably lean towards football. I think just because you know it is like the masculine sport it comes across as, and and you have the fans there. You have you know like I'm always reminded of Robert Brooks for the Green Bay Packers jumping in the stands and the crowd embracing him here. Um, so as far as like the crowd interactions, I think you know even the cameras and this is more of maybe a college thing, but like as far as the cameras like panning the crowd, I think you see that more in football than you do in the NBA. Than you do even in hockey. Now, obviously, hockey's big too because obviously people are slamming the glass. I mean, hockey's really the sport where it's encouraged that you do make the most noise, right? Uh, the whole time. I mean, there's not a, a sense where. You, so, you know what? Change my answer, Brent. All right, so get football off the table and let's go with NHL playoff hockey. Because think about it, it's the only sport that requires the fan base to be louder the entire time. When you're playing football, if the offense is on the field for your home team, what do you got to do? You got to be quiet. Well, let the quarterbacks work and everything. But in terms of hockey, man, you have to make the most noise of all time. So I think hockey, actually. Uh, you know, that's the one I was thinking of, playoff hockey. Yeah. Playoff hockey as a fan watching on TV, but also hockey in general walk, watching in person mm -hmm. is unlike anything else. Like mm -hmm. watching on TV, hockey is eh. Watching on, uh, in, in a st even oh. if you're a casual view, is yeah. awesome. It's just like, so it's faster, fun, but right? it's faster in person, man. It, no it makes you really but appreciate it. But the whole thing, it. like, you, if I had asked, like, that's not a coronavirus pandemic question. Mm -hmm. That's just a question in sports. Like, which one is the feels so different watching on TV versus being there? And hockey would take the cake on that for call. me. I think actually, in a in a strange way, soccer would too. Soccer, because I've been to some of the soccer matches, like sure. at Fulham. Yeah, yeah. And when you're there, it's like, wow, man, this is kind of cool. This is fun. Oh, like, yeah. Now, me being locked into a soccer match on TV, it doesn't happen very often. Sure. But the same feel kind of with hockey mm -hmm. in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, really quick, we won't have the debate. But Max Kellerman is getting crushed today yeah. for his thoughts on hockey and saying nobody cares. Well, that's that's a dumb statement. It's not nobody cares. Mm hmm but is he really that wrong? Like, if you tell me, if you want to tell me that hockey is not part of the four major sports anymore, I would actually vote on that side. A am I crazy? Is it, am, am I like not a sports fan? I I don't feel like hockey is in the top four of sports. I know it has been. I get yeah. it. I get the history of it. I also believe there's a big pocket of people that love hockey. I also know it's huge in Canada still. Mm-hmm. It's huge on a lot of levels, and I, I maybe I'm just showing my face on this because I'm not a huge hockey guy, even sure. though I grew up in New England. Yeah. Um, but I'm not saying it from that point of view. I'm yeah. not slamming hockey. No, I'm, I'm just trying to say it from a neutral standpoint. Yep. I don't think hockey fits in in the baseball, basketball, football. Oh, he said baseball though, and that's where I got to draw the line. Okay. And here's what I think about it. Okay. There was a time when hockey was one of the hottest sports out there, okay? I'm, I'm talking when I grew up, the, the, the you know, the mid-90s. I'm talking every Saturday morning, Fox. Um, they, they had that puck tracker. That was what? There, there's a red line that follows the puck, and when the guy shoots it extra fast, like over 100 miles per hour, the thing turns, like, from orange to red. What kind of <laughs> what kind of black magic is Fox using? Like, that was, dude, that was a big deal, okay? And obviously, you grew up with Wayne Gretzky, one of the greatest athletes of all time. So there was a time when hockey was out there for everybody to see. I think everybody celebrated it. 
obviously, I think, you know, whether it was implementation of new rules, um, taking away some of the fights and everything, or whether it was the NHL and the ESPN not coming to an agreement, now it's an NBC Sports. Well, you can't really watch a lot of hockey. You can't talk about hockey because you know why? The big sports networks don't talk about it. Okay, now when the playoffs come around, sure, then there might be some experts that chime in and everything like that, but hockey doesn't get a lot of attention. And Brent, and you want to say that it's not a top four sport? I'll take you to, and I'm not a fan of this, and I despise this, and I almost called out um, Jason Fitz when he brought it up, but I let him do his thing. When the Nashville Predators were a thing a couple years ago, it seemed like the entire state of Tennessee, and even really the country, was all about the Nashville Predators. Now, I couldn't stand it because I thought they were a bunch of Fairweather fans where it's like, oh, all of a sudden our hockey team's good now. Let's come out in full force. Let's get all these celebrities. Let's get, you know, uh, Who's the guy from the pizza commercials? Um, married to Gwen Stefani. He does the voice. Oh, uh, Blake Shelton. Let's get Blake Shelton out there and lead these rallies. Let's get all these country music artists on uh, in Nashville uh, for the CMAs. The let's go Predators and let's get the Tennessee Titans in the box and chug beers out of catfish because that's a thing. Like <laughs> that happened. It was a thing. I know. That happened. It was. Okay, <laughs> but I'm saying like everybody had Nashville Predator fever. Now, once again, I couldn't stand it, but guess what? It was great for the game. So. I think that there is the subsection out there that is still um, great hockey fans. And I think right now, the way hockey's sitting, the way it's lined up with the, the, the other three professional sports, I agree with you, man. And I think baseball is a lot more popular than hockey. I don't, I'm not naive to that. I, I agree with that point. But I just think like hockey, hockey is kind of like that band that you listened to in high school that nobody else listened to. And it was kind of your special thing. Right. And it's like, I have this thing. It's mine. And I'm not going to even share it with you because I don't want you to go out there and be like, oh, check this out. This is a cool. But no, this is my thing. Right. And that's where hockey is right now. Not to say that band can't get big again. And all of a sudden now everyone's talking about it. But right now it's, you know, it's for more of just like the alternative um, sports fan, let's just say. But I think, you know, I think it's a few players away. I think it's from maybe a few fights away, maybe a few controversial maybe things away. Maybe a big away. star away. Exactly. Maybe a big star away. Um, maybe just a few controversial topics away from kind of having a resurgence. Yeah, listen, I think these next six weeks could be really good for hockey, just uh-huh. like I did say for baseball. But I'm just going to share it. Listen, from a hockey standpoint, I, I do think ESPN controls a lot of this narrative. And you hit it right on the head, man. <laughs> ESPN would push hockey way more. Except other nights when just John Butchagross is doing highlights. Yeah. If they had the rights to it. That is a that is part of it. Mm-hmm. They push a lot of the narrative. Whether you like it or not or want to admit it, they push a lot of the narrative. They have football. They have baseball. They have the NBA. They have college basketball. They have UFC. They have these things that they're pushing. Even golf, I think, took a little – when they got away from the ESPN relationship at times, they felt a little bit of a hit from that. It's part of it. It's mm-hmm. fact. Look where ESPN on their webpage puts hockey, okay? You know like that part of it where, where you can click on some of the sports and they'll put like yeah. six of them? Yep. They put MLB, NCAA men. At least this is on mine. I don't know if this shows up on everybody's, but okay. I think it does. Yeah. Unless they uh, – now they might do this per uh, like how you view things. I, but uh, I don't think they do. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty standard. Keep going. NBA, golf, NFL, and NCAA football. Well, then after that, there's like these three dots, and you can click other headers. Oh, I'm, I'm here. Is NHL on yours? 
Yeah, but it's way so. So that's what I'm saying. Soccer, geez. MMA, golf, boxing, CFL, chalk, whatever that is, college sports, cricket, esports, F1, horse racing, NASCAR, NBA, G League, uh, NCAA, okay, W, and then now NHL getting, goes down. Now, there. now I'm getting a little, getting a little offended, getting a little triggered here. Okay, so first of all, chalk, chalk is betting, by the way. Oh, is chalk, that what they Chalk well, is like the sense. ESPN Plus betting thing. Okay. Okay, I get it. Fantasy sports are big. Not mad that chalk is in front of the NHL. I get that. You know what, NASCAR? I mean, I start to, you know, my voice starts to raise a little bit because I'm getting a little more upset. But when you have, and with all, and I say with all due respect, you know what that means? I have zero respect for it. Because when someone says with all due respect, that means uh, there's zero respect. When you have horse racing, and once again, with that was a hard all, H right there. With all due respect. NBA G League in front of the NHL. I'm done. They so, have cricket. Done, done. Oh, they have CFL. Brent, Brent, Brent loves putting salt in the wound right now. Brent, Brent loves getting me wound up a little bit. I mean, that's amazing, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, uh, let's be honest. You didn't want Michael Jordan to be great, and ESPN doesn't want hockey to be great. Simple as that. Buy in. I mean, do the research. Buy into the controversy. Who's the biggest star in hockey? Right now? Ooh. Uh... See, I'm partial. I'm going to go with Alex Ovechkin still. Still? I think like so. Like, he's still playing? Well, the, see, that's the crazy thing, right? Like, I think he he had one of his best seasons statistically, and he's like 50 years old. But they Look need a star, man. Like, Crosby was that up-and-coming guy. And by the way, he Send lived the, up to it, but he didn't transcend the game. Yeah. They need a <laughs> transcendent player. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, this year in the draft, which hopefully the NHL, uh, hopefully the Red Wings get the first pick of the draft. The kid out this year that they're probably going to take if they do get the first round pick, uh, he's good, but he's not going to be like a Sidney Sid, Sid Crosby. Exactly. Yeah. You need a star. They need so, a star. You need know. a star. Yep. So that transcends the game a little bit, captures everybody's attention. They might need a, to redo a deal with ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we come back, a couple other sports notes from the day, and then a, a final thought or two on the Drew Brees situation. And also, we did not talk Jake Fromm yet. We'll tell you about that. Uh, what's happening? What's the latest on it next on ESPN 690? You know, I, I think when you sit there and you say, hey, you know, hey, I mean, we expect to win the game this weekend. That's not cockiness. That, that's your confidence in, hey, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to prepare the right way. You know, when you, you say there's big differences, hey, coach, you know, I expect us to go undefeated this this year. I'm not guaranteeing it because I'll be honest with you. I have two national championship, you know, and um we didn't go undefeated in either of those two seasons, you know, and we still won national championships. That's Dan Mullen talking about some football. Looks like it's going to happen in the fall. You going to give your apology right now? <laughs> we do. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I want to address it before it's too late, okay? We have a correction. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out, right? We brought up this conversation. We're like, all right, hockey. And we, we got from hockey fans and, and Ryder Cup to hockey because Max Kellerman said, you know, nobody cares about it. And we said, but is it really part of the four major sports? I think it's a fair question, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a curious one. But uh, so what are the examples? We go to ESPN's homepage, and this always strikes me. It's like, well, I have MLB and NCAA and NBA and golf and, and NFL across my time. Those are across the top headlines. Well, those are sports that obviously are pretty big mm -hmm. for the most part. I think golf is a little questionable there, but they're, they're the main sports So in that category. So I'm thinking, all right, well, the other sports, when you click the, the drop-down menu – they're just kind of like the other sports yeah. that that we in America at least follow. I think like there's F1 and there's horse racing and cricket and soccer. And I'm not saying those aren't big sports worldwide, but 
it, it looks like the ranking of sports. Sure. Well, we kind of figured out what's going on here. So if you really add it up, it's like some of the ones that you might click on or might be more popular mm-hmm. are right along the top, like mm-hmm. soccer. Mm-hmm. And we've probably even clicked on MMA or ESPN's trying to put push that on us. Yes. And then there's even golf, which I've probably looked up before. So maybe it is kind of, yep. you know, uh, uh, customized mm-hmm. to, to my liking. And then the rest of the sports we have figured out are listed in alphabetical order. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, so, so here we go. That's supposed to be an apology. We didn't apologize for anything. I'm so, not apologizing. Let me, so let me go ahead and, and speak my piece here because let's keep in mind. You're here. the one that ripped NASCAR and everything. Submarine Mike's okay. probably on line three somewhere. Okay, Brent, the, so, the, so that was Brent at, uh, uh, it's at Brent A.S. Drax. Feel free to direct your comments towards him about ESPN. Now, keep in mind, we are ESPN 690. We are under the ESPN banner. Once again, that was Brent Martineau saying his apology. Brent Martineau's apology. Here's my apology, okay? ESPN, they're, they're a great news source for sports, Brent. Okay? I think when we go down in history right now, we're going to be talking about uh, the top three things of all time. The invention of the automobile, uh, the, the first man on the moon, and obviously the last thing is the invention of the ESPN Plus app. Mwah, chef's kiss. Can't get enough of it. Did Brent Martineau see a time where I was a little emotional, I was a little vulnerable talking about hockey, and did he capitalize on that emotion to try to get views? I'm not going to say he did, but I'm not going to say he didn't either. Now, did I say some things that I regret? Maybe, but I just want you guys to know it was out of emotion. I didn't see there in alphabetical order. Brent, like a predator, like a like a panther in the Sahara Desert, waiting to pounce on its next next victim, capitalized on my emotion and let me make a fool of myself. And for that, ESPN. I apologize. Uh, very well said. Uh, by the way, he has to take that tact because he's been uh, uh, warned by HR a couple of times from the SPM. <laughs> Who are you telling? <laughs> I've been warned about HR for a lot of things, it seems like. By the way, so they are on the line. They would like to speak with you after the show. Going, I mean, he's already, what he said about cats and other things, I mean, yeah. he's got to issue strong apologies Make now. a lot of enemies, Brent. What no, can I say? No lie, too. Austin, when he started this uh, endeavor back in uh, January of 2019, had a uh, formatted apology written up. <laughs> that's right. I wonder. I it was like a fill that. in the blank apology. Yeah, yeah. I think that's still someplace <laughs> in my in my archives. I can bring that. I should have probably said that instead. Uh, you could have said it. It was, uh, it was more way. from the heart. Yeah, yeah that was very well done. By Thank the way. you. Uh, yours is so, I mean, I mean, and you're still sitting here just kind of doing whatever. So it's fine though. It's fine. I got it for the both of us. I just kind of, it's like a riddle to me. I think, I think I'm more proud of myself <laughs> that we Rubik's figured team. it out. That's a good point. That's a good point. You know what? Props to us. Instead <laughs> yeah. of, instead of apologizing, let's give ourselves some credit for figuring out in the first place. Absolutely. All yeah. right. We go from, uh, a little fun and we've been talking a bunch of different sports and fans and, and uh, from coaches going back to NFL buildings and NBA getting back on track here the last um, hour or so to uh, some of the heavier topics of this week. And, and we talked a lot about Drew Brees at the front of, of our show today. Uh, we talked about Florida State and Mike Norvell and Marvin Wilson and the latest statement there. And, and Wilson has come out and, and kind of accepted the apology from the coach, mm-hmm. moved forward at least for now. We'll see what kind of actions are taken. Michael Thomas, by the way, for Drew Brees has come out and said, uh, listen, he, he, I accept his apology. Not all players have done that. Not all players will. We'll see where it goes. We kind of believe, at least on us together, that Drew Brees can really be helpful in this whole thing mm-hmm. if uh, people don't cancel him out and push him aside. Uh, the one player we have not talked about, 
and that is former Georgia Bulldog and rookie quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, yeah. Jake Fromm. And we had said people are checking social media and other quotes. Checking receipts out here, Brent. The receipts are being yep. checked. In uh, the latest from Jake Fromm, someone went back and found a conversation where he uh, – it took place in 2019, and it was posted to Twitter this morning. Involved Fromm and a friend discussing guns. Fromm wrote, quote, but no guns are good. They need to let me get suppressors before adding just make them very expensive so only elite white people can get them. Ha ha. Funny. That was his quote. Yeah. Throw, throw a ha ha in there, too. Uh, Through a ha ha, which sometimes can make everything all right and sometimes can't. Yeah. Uh, in this, so situation, this is one of those can't. times where it can't. Yeah. Uh, from went on to say he was not an elite white person later in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, he issued a statement. He also has, on a Zoom call today with his teammates, apologized to the Buffalo Bills. He said uh, today, I'm extremely sorry, this came out about 2 o'clock, that I chose to use the words elite white people in a text message conversation, although I never meant to imply that I am an elite white person, as stated later in the conversation. There's no excuse for that word choice and sentiment. While it was poor, my heart is not. Now more than ever, it's time for support and togetherness, and I stand against racism 100%. I promise to commit myself to being a part of the solution in this country. I addressed my teammates and coaches in a team meeting today, uh, and uh, he went on to say, you know, I I hope... uh, they see this incident is not representative of the person I am. Uh, again, I am truly sorry for my words and actions and humbly ask for forgiveness. Uh, so a couple of apologies from NFL quarterbacks here today, Drew Brees earlier this morning, and now Jake Fromm, one with Hall of Fame credentials and a bunch of stats mm-hmm. and a bunch of good done in the city in New Orleans who's taken a bunch of heat in the last 24 hours. Another from a very young quarterback who has accomplished absolutely nothing mm-hmm. and uh, in the NFL so far, had a pretty good college career, and has new teammates. And welcome to the NFL moment. This isn't the best way to start. Yeah, you know, we've, we've kind of spoke our piece about Drew Brees a little bit, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about him a little more to close the show today. But focusing on Jake from real quick, we talked about the receipts, Brent. People are pulling up receipts. We do it all the time, okay? Well, for Jake Fromm's standpoint, that receipt was from last year, okay? Yeah, what six years ago? Wasn't six years sophomore ago? Sophomore in high school. I don't want to hear the excuse where you're a stupid high school kid. No, you're you're the starting quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs, okay? If you can recognize a cover two defense or a guy coming through on a blitz, you can recognize that what you said was wrong, okay? So no excuse for saying it. Um. I mean, what happens now? Listen, well, listen. I, I, it's easy to ask you this question because you've sure. been in NFL locker oh. rooms. If you have a, if you are, well, what does that quote say? Good I'm luck with that. Yeah, uh, but but you can almost put. This is the beauty of having you on here on the show, uh, mm-hmm. amongst other reasons, uh, when we can embarrass you about the NHL the uh, sometimes. Yeah, but the, uh, yep. the what will the we, we kind of heard the response from teammates from Drew Brees. I think there's been a little bit less of that from Buffalo, at least that I have seen this afternoon. But what? kind of problems does this present for a guy like Fromm, who's not necessarily the savior of your organization or even the future franchise quarterback of the organization, mm-hmm. but I'm just talking about a teammate, whether it was the punter, the linebacker, but now a backup quarterback, if you will. I mean, what's the temperature in late July and in, in August or even on Zoom today mm-hmm. uh, when you would have been in that room um, yeah. and, and hearing some of that? 
Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think back to when I played. Like, did we ever have a situation where like a rookie came in, did something wrong, and like we held him accountable, and he had to kind of get in front of the whole team and talk about it? And I honestly can't think of anything that severe. Um, you know, we always talk about. I've talked about it probably five, six times today on this show. The NFL is not a family. It's a brotherhood, right? Because you can't cut the weakest member like you can in life, okay? If there's a weak member on your team, you cut them loose, you say goodbye to them, you give your hugs, but guess what? You may never talk to them again. So it's a brotherhood. And in brotherhood, there's there's a rite of passage, and there's also a way to earn your stripes, right? There's um, When I talk about the rite of passage, whether it's, you know, obviously the hazing that I had to go through. You saw it, Brent, I got tied to a goalpost. I and, didn't help. And you didn't help me at all, but it is what it is. You're part of the media. I, I, you're trying to make a name for yourself, whatever it was, okay? There's there's rites of passage. And, and to be a rookie, um, you are the outlier of the team, okay? There's no doubt about it. Now, it, it, it's ironic because teams rely on rookies to win championships. Yeah. Teams rely on rookies to win Super Bowls. And I think eventually through the season, if a rookie plays a lot or if he leads a team, then the team will recognize that and say, all right, well, this guy's one of us now. You're not a rookie anymore. Let's go. Now, maybe you still have to go grab the, you know, like you still have to go grab the lunch to go on the airplane and stuff like that and buy the whole team lunch. But besides that, you're part of the team. Jake Fromm right now, I understand you got drafted by the Buffalo Bills. I understand right now when you get the paycheck, it's going to say um, from the Buffalo Bills. I understand that when you rock that jersey, when you put on that helmet, it's going to be that of the Buffalo Bills. I understand that's your team right now. But that's not your brotherhood right now, okay? That's Those aren't your peers right now. Those aren't the guys that are going to go to battle for you right now because you know why? You haven't earned it yet. And I'm just saying from a first impression, you couldn't have shot yourself in the foot, no pun intended, any worse than you just did, okay? Now, can conversation lead to healing? Can conversation lead him to being accepted in the locker room? Absolutely. That's what locker rooms do. But I'm just saying from a first impression standpoint and how that Zoom call went today, if I was a member of that Buffalo Bills organization and Jake Brown was talking to me, I would have heard what you had to say, but I probably wouldn't accept your apology. Just one day after the fact or you know, the same day, I probably wouldn't have accepted it. How much is on uh, the black athlete here uh, with the these quarterback situations in general, but maybe we see more instances like this. Who knows? Mm-hmm. How much is on the black athlete to... Maybe not accept apology right away, but accept dialogue in, in ongoing discussion yeah. rather than what we've talked about a couple of times in the show, just canceling them out and saying, OK, well, you're wrong yeah. and, and I'll continue to say it. You're going to hear me say it again. I, I think there we have to be careful in society to be right and not do right. Yeah. Uh, so we get to doing right by having these discussions and dialogues, even for folks that are ignorant or, or not on board. So. I, I know there's a lot on the the white quarterback that we've discussed, mm-hmm. um, and and the white quarterback can be a big game changer in this kind of discussion. Yeah. And so far, they're 0 for 2 in the last couple of days, coming off a weekend where it looked pretty good with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Yeah. They could be leaders on that. Keep in mind, you also have Aaron Rodgers, too. And Aaron Rodgers, too. Obviously, big name. Came yeah. out yesterday. You're right. And, and I'm probably leaving others out. Yeah, there's, there's got a lot of guys out there. But how much is it on the black athlete in yeah. these locker rooms to not just accept apologies and say, hey, you're my teammate, we got to go win, but to actually have deep-diving, hard-hitting discussions of of change. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great question. And, you know, as I, I guess, try to break it down a little bit and absorb your question and try to think of, of a good answer here, listen, everyone has a line of what they think is right and wrong. 
okay, whether you're black or you're white. For instance, we've been on the show before. You know how I feel about domestic violence. I think an NFL player who commits domestic violence shouldn't get a second chance because I don't think it's necessarily a mistake. I think it's a personality trait, and those things take a long time to fix. So you know where I stand about that. When we're talking about racially charged comments, okay, when we're talking about black players in a, in a locker room responding to what a white player said, I think that we have to focus, and I kind of echoed this a little bit earlier on the show, but you can't cancel somebody out, okay? You, you can't just say that you're done with him, okay? Not from even a winning – listen – I don't care if Jake Fromm becomes a, a former, like, a, like the next all-pro of a, of a team. I don't care if Jake Fromm never throws a pass in a meaningful NFL game. It's got nothing to do right now with stats and what he brings to the team. The fact is that when he shows up to training camp, and like I said, he hasn't earned the stripes yet. He's going to have to earn them. But all I'm going to say is take football out of it. I understand we always try to mirror football and and society. This is more in my opinion it's a society issue, okay? Where if you're going to throw this kid out, it's exactly what I think about when players in college get in trouble and they get let go of colleges, okay? Say a kid is in college, plays college football, gets in trouble, maybe he gets accused of something they didn't do at a party and they just kick him out of uh, off the university, okay? Maybe it was a DUI something like whatever it is, but they kick him off the team. That kid now is out of the university, he's away from his football team, and he's just in society. He's in, he's in society as a bitter man who doesn't get a second chance, okay? With Jake Fromm right now, there's two options. Either you say, you know what, Jake Fromm, we're done with you, good luck with yourself, and you just cast him aside. You cast him to the alley, and you know what? Jake Fromm will probably be a bitter man for that. Now, does he deserve it? Some people are going to say yeah. Some people are going to say no. I don't think he deserves it because at the end of the day, what do we talk about, Brent? What's more important, having leaders out there who are, have always been for the cause or having leaders out there who were once misled, who were once misguided, who have rise from the ashes, look up, looked upon themselves and try to make themselves a better person? That's a guy you can also follow behind. So with that being said, I think the black players in that locker room, it doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. I get it. Sometimes it takes time to heal these wounds. But eventually, you have to educate Jake from. Because that's not only from a t- it's being a good teammate, but it's also being a good friend. It's being a good brother, and it's being a good member of society. Well said. Good way to end the show here today. Another powerful moment uh, here in Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brett Martin, Austin Lane. The conversations will continue. The dialogue and discussions still happening uh, across our sports world and across our country. And uh, we'll do it right here on ESPN 690 as well. We'll be back on a Friday tomorrow. Hope you and your families are doing well. Have a good rest of the night here in Jacksonville and beyond. And uh, make sure you check out TV tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30 for the latest. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.